the back, or you can read along with us on the screen, is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. Uh, and in there, Paul says, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weakness. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassing great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a message of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Sometimes in marriage you get to share a brain, and that's good. Um, Just to highlight one thing, uh, Nick did a great job with the announcements this morning. Um, I tend to be the details person in our relationship. Uh, If you uh, are not able to be here on April 20th, which is the Saturday before Easter, uh, we do have some opportunities to serve uh, to help get ready for the egg hunt. So if uh, if that is you, uh, talk to me. I'll make sure we get you connected with um, some opportunities to serve. Uh, I promise you that you will not have to stuff candy into little bitty eggs. Um, We have freed ourselves of that burden, so um, it'll be good. Uh, For those of you who are not aware, uh, I am expecting a baby. Uh, (laughs) I I want to let you off the hook because if you don't know, um, you should not ask. This is my uh, advice to you. Um, Take it uh, live by that decree. Um, but in our house, uh, Sundays are almost always for, uh, resting in the afternoons. Um, we, when we finally get home from church and all the things we have going on on Sundays, um, we kind of let the kids do the Netflix thing and don't really put a timer on them, which is not normally how we live in our house. Um, Nick usually naps. I am not a huge napper, but, um, I put on sweatpants and relax. Um, And lately, we have been working pretty hard to get our house ready uh, for the baby to come. And I think because I am in that mode, uh, I was reminded this week of uh, what happened when we were getting the nursery ready for Elliot. Elliot is our oldest, uh, so at that time, we did not have any kids, uh, and we were 
um, you know, doing the doing the getting ready thing. Um, we uh, had gotten home from church one Sunday, and at the time, uh, we were on staff at a church that was a portable church, which means you get to set up and tear down, uh, which is uh, really fun uh, to do. Uh, we were usually, and Nick was kind of leading the setup and teardown team at the time, uh, and I was doing kids ministry, and so uh, we were there usually by 6 or 6.30 on Sunday mornings, uh, and by the time we got everything torn down, it was like 1 or 1.30 in the afternoon, um, so it was a pretty long, uh, long Sunday for us, uh, but um, this Sunday, uh, any of you who have uh, expected a baby or been in the vicinity of someone expecting a baby, uh, you know that some like weird things start to happen to you toward the end. Um, your brain starts to like do things that um, make you do things that are not always wise. Uh, and on this Sunday, I decided that uh, I was going to rearrange what was at the time our guest bedroom and office uh, to get ready for the crib to get set up. Um, before I go any further, I need to say that uh, you should not do what I did. This is a really bad idea, um, so don't do this. Um, but <clears throat> I uh, decided that I was going to rearrange the room. Um, we had this big bookshelf, and if you've been over to our house, you may have seen it. It's like six feet by six feet, um, and it's like heavy. At the time, it had all of Nick's books from seminary on it, um, and I decided that I was just going to move that bookshelf um, by myself because Nick was sleeping. And uh, so I started scooting it, and I, you know, I like took some of the books off. Um, I'm not a crazy person, <laughs> uh, but I started sliding it, and I needed to like readjust my position to get the right angle, and sliding it, sliding it, and um, then I was stuck behind the bookshelf, and I couldn't get out. I mean, I'm not uh, in the condition, I was not in the condition to, like, squeeze through anything at that time either, um, so uh, just because of the angle in the room, and I was, there was no uh, getting out on my own, um, so... Nick was taking his much-deserved nap, and um, I was, like, just in it. Um, and I knew that Nick was not going to be pleased with me for trying to rearrange the room by myself. Um, and so I waited for a little bit, um, just really thinking about what maybe I could do other than trying to wake him up, um, but after about 20 minutes, another natural side effect of pregnancy started to come on, and so I felt like it was kind of an emergency to um, call him in, so I started to call his name, and kind of softly at first, but um, he was not waking up, so I'm like yelling his name <laughs> to come and rescue me from behind the bookshelf. And eventually, uh, he did come before any uh, major catastrophes happened um, because he also has a sense of humor. He took a picture before he rescued me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 
Uh, I made it. I escaped. <laughs> uh, just uh, so you know, uh, I became pretty aware of my own personal limitations that, that day. And I'm happy to say uh, that in the last six years uh, since that incident, I have gotten a little bit wiser. Um, this weekend, we uh, rearranged Elliot's bedroom so that we could make room for the new baby. Um, and I, for the most part, uh, heeded Nick's instruction uh, and didn't try to lift any heavy objects on my own for the most part, um, but I'm working on embracing my limitations. I think Nick's not in the room, so I can say this, but I think he asked me to cover this topic uh, because it is ultimately benefiting him. Uh, this has been kind of an ongoing conversation for us. Um, as uh, you are in a position like mine, um, and given like some of my personality tendencies, I am not great at embracing limitations and uh, try to ignore um, some of those uh, warnings, especially from him. Uh, so this, is a, this has been helpful for our marriage and for me personally, and hopefully uh, it will be beneficial to you as well. We all have limitations. Uh, if you have been with us throughout this uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality series, um, I think uh, we've probably all become aware of some of our personal limitations. Um, some of them include uh, just our family of origin, um, some of the things that we have been gifted genetically um, and emotionally from our families. Uh, some of the good things that we've inherited from our families can be limiting to us. Um, just practically, if you've inherited like a large sum of money, even that can be a limitation. Um, as can inheriting a tendency toward substance abuse or uh, infidelity or any of those things that we have kind of uh, noticed as we have looked back at our families. All kinds of things can be limiting our age. Uh, there are specific limits about being in your 20s. Um, some of them are more apparent than others. In your 30s, there are limits. Um, just uh, where you're at in life, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, and beyond. Um, there are just limits to um, what age uh, has for us. Uh, our intellectual ability, uh, whether it's high or low, uh, that can be a limit. Some of us like to think we know everything. We don't, um, and that is a limit. Um, our current family situation can be limiting. Uh, some of us are caring for ailing parents. Uh, that's a limitation. Uh, your occupation, your job status, uh, all of these things uh, really can uh, put limits on us. And so this morning, um, as I'm talking, I do want you to uh, jot down or take a note in your phone uh, and just think through maybe what some of the current limitations in your life uh, might be. And so I want to kind of just systematically walk through this for a couple minutes just so we can really uh, think about what, uh, what some of those limits might be in your own life. Look at your personality. Um, God has given you a personality that is beautiful and wonderful and unique, uh, but the personality that you have can be limiting. If you are naturally really extroverted, uh, that can be a limit. People might want you to, like, leave them alone for a little while. Uh, if you're introverted, that can be a limit. You need that alone time. Uh, if you have taken that Enneagram, uh, you might be easier to, it might be easier for you to identify 
Uh, I'm a three on the Enneagram, so one of my limits is that I don't like to think that I have limits. <laughs> uh, I like to think that I can take everything on and then uh, I find myself burned out and stuck behind a bookshelf, uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> uh, so just the awareness of that tendency for me is, uh, is really important. Uh, look at your season of life. Uh, so if you are um, a young parent, you're caring for kids, all day long, uh, you're trying to balance working and caring for uh, little people and feeling present. Um, if you are a student and you're trying to discern uh, what is next for you in your life, uh, that is a limit. Um, if you are entering into a season of life without kids at home, um, that is a, another limit. Um, if you are closing in on retirement, if you're retired, there are certain limitations there. All of these things that are natural seasons of life uh, come with uh, certain limitations. Uh, your life situation, um, whether or not you're married, if you're married, that comes with certain limits. It's a gift, but it can be limiting in some ways. Uh, if you're not married, that's limiting. Uh, if you have children, if you don't have children, if you are employed, you're unemployed, uh, your, physical and your physical health, your financial situation, all of those things uh, impact uh, your limitations. Take a look at your uh, emotional, physical, and intellectual abilities. Um, the way you're wired emotionally um, and physically, uh, how healthy you are, uh, all of those things uh, impact your limitations. Um, look at some of the negative emotions that arise to the surface, surface occasionally. Um, that is a, a, a limitation. If you're constantly um, battling negative emotions, that's certainly a limitation. It's also a significant way uh, God can try to catch your attention uh, and just have, us have him uh, direct us toward something, um, but also a limitation. Um, look at your scars and your wounds from the past. Um, you may be at a place in your life where you're recovering from some addictions or uh, just some dependencies, and the way you need to live your life to ensure you stay uh, in a healthy place, um, that's a limit. All sorts of things uh, can be limiting to us. Um, your scars, your wounds from the past, the things that your family has given to you, uh, good things and bad things, uh, all of those are limits. So hopefully you've got... Um, in your mind, uh, some of the limitations that you're, you have personally uh, and what that looks like. And now we're going to talk about why that is such great news. Uh, so in our text for today, uh, Paul begins talking about a guy. I know this was kind of a long text for this morning, but um, <clears throat> Paul is like talking in the third person about someone. It's actually him. Uh, but he is talking about someone who's had this massively uh, cool spiritual experience and saying it's not worth boasting in. Uh, but what he says is worth boasting in is the thorn in his flesh, the thorn in his side. And what that is specifically uh, has been a source of a lot of speculation. Uh, scholars really like to uh, think about what that could have been. Um, most scholars think that, that the thorn in his flesh was probably some kind of uh, chronic illness. Uh, we know that Paul struggled with his eyesight, so it could have had something to do with that. Um, it could have been a trait. I think Paul had um, a pretty bold uh, personality, 
uh, that may have caused some relational tension in his life uh, that um, could have contributed to whatever uh, he's referring to. Uh, it could have been um, the way that Paul was constantly being imprisoned and tortured. That I could see certainly being a thorn uh, in one's flesh. The truth of the matter is we don't know uh, specifically what Paul's ret- referring to. Uh, but we do know that Paul asked God repeatedly uh, to remove this thing and deliver him from uh, this ailment. But God said no. Uh, and he said no with a greater purpose in mind for Paul. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 2, uh, sorry, 12, 8 through 10, it says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more greatly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and difficulties for why, when I am weak then I am strong. So these limitations that we have really are good news. And I think Paul uh, had kind of figured that out, that in our weakness and limitation, uh, we can receive some gifts from the Lord uh, if we lean into uh, what God has for us. So for the remainder of our time this morning, I want to focus on uh, what those gifts are uh, and how we can embrace our limitations as gifts from God. The first uh, gift of our limitation is communion with Jesus. Communion with Jesus. Jesus is our primary example for embracing limitations. Jesus, who is fully God, came willingly and put on flesh with all of its limitations and vulnerabilities so that he could make a way for us. Uh, Jesus experienced hunger. uh, He experienced grief and loss. He experienced uh, just tiredness and physical pain and all of the complications that come uh, with living with a family and uh, trying to build uh, long-term friendships. Uh, He willingly participated in all of it. And because he embraced uh, these limitations, we have an example of what embracing limitations can mean for us. Uh, When you're stuck and just feeling the full weight of your own uh, personal limitations, you can rest in the knowledge that not only does Jesus understand the feeling of being limited, uh, he made a way to redeem those limitations in our lives. And in feeling our limitations, we we can know Jesus more uh, and participate more in relationship with him uh, and understand more fully uh, exactly what he sacrificed for us. Uh, In writing about uh, our text for today, uh, the scholar N.T. Wright puts it this way. Paul knew all about rich and varied spiritual experiences, visions, and revelations, just as he spoke in tongues more than all the Corinthians, but chose to speak more ordinary uh, human languages in church so that other people may be built up in faith. So he has uh, spiritual experiences of all sorts, but knows the importance, uh, uh, important point is not his spirituality, let alone any power Uh, that might give him, but God's grace. He had discovered that there is a different kind of strength, the kind that's really worth having, and and that to possess it, you have to be weak. And he's discovered that that is part of what the gospel of the crucified Messiah is all about. So when we can embrace our limitations, we're participating with Jesus in the good news of his death and resurrection and walking in communion with him. Uh, The second gift I want to focus on this morning is communion with others. Communion with others. 
Uh, one of the beautiful things about the design of the body of Christ, uh, those of us sitting here in the room today, uh, is that we all have different limitations. Uh, none of us in the room has the exact same set of limitations. Uh, we are all in different places in life. Uh, we are um, all presented with all sorts of things uh, that can be limiting factors for us. And because of that diversity, we can help one another. <clears throat> one of us might be uh, in a season where we are uh, at home caring for kids and feeling kind of burned out. Uh, and another one of us uh, might be in a season with a little bit more time and fewer caretaking responsibilities. And that way we can care for one another. Uh, some of us are uh, creative and like to come up with uh, big ideas. Uh, but we're limited by our ability to organize things and to make things actually happen. Um, and then uh, someone who has uh, more organization strengths and uh, skills can come and help us uh, who are more creative uh, take that idea and make it a reality. One of the challenges in uh, fully embracing this gift is that it cannot be received without humility. <clears throat> At some point, you have to make your limitations known. Uh, you have to allow others to meet your needs, and living in humility can be really difficult. I am personally not a huge fan of asking for help uh, or letting it be known that I have a certain need, uh, but there is such a beauty in allowing someone else uh, to use their gift uh, to meet yours where, uh, where you have limitation. Um, you might be thinking that you are okay with allowing other people to help you, uh, but if you're married, I would like you to uh, take a moment to reconsider that. Uh, sometimes in marriage, uh, asking your spouse for help, especially in the sort of situation where uh, your spouse has given you some advice and you have not heeded that advice, uh, it can be really difficult to come back and say, I think I need your help in this situation. Uh, so, you may experience that feeling a little bit differently when you consider uh, the marriage relationship. Uh, but to make all of this work well, whether in marriage or just in the body of Christ, uh, one, one of us uh, has to be humble, has to be willing uh, to accept help, uh, and then the other person has to offer help graciously without making the other feel bad about their shortcomings and limitations, which is a gift as well. Uh, but uh, the truth is we all have limitations. Uh, we will all go through seasons in life where we have more resources to give and uh, we'll all go through seasons in life where we are in uh, greater need of what other others can give to us. Uh, but as we work uh, together to share and be shared with, uh, we are fully participating in what it means to be the body of Christ. Uh, and I've had the privilege of watching it happen time and again where someone has a need, somebody in the church has the ability to meet the need, uh, and uh, it is just a beautiful thing uh, to behold. So uh, the next gift I want to talk about is the gift of boundaries. Uh, some personalities, um, mine is one, we have a tendency to say yes to everything. Um, <clears throat> I think in some ways it is a struggle that is common to all of us, uh, especially those of us who 
uh, have been in the church for a long time, we understand that there's a lot of work to be done, and so we just try to jump in and help. Uh, we, uh, we all want to be able to give uh, of ourselves uh, as much as we can, and some of it is not healthy. Uh, but when we kind of are aware of our own limitations, uh, when you think about the things that you have jotted down this morning uh, and pray about what those things might mean to you, I think it can clarify uh, the purpose that God has for you and what he may be asking you to focus more fully on. Um, one uh, is one of the gifts uh, that we're given when we embrace our limitations is that we know when to say yes and perhaps more importantly, when to say no. Uh, in her book, The Best Yes, Lisa Turkhurst puts it this way. Whenever you say yes to something, there's less of you for something else. Make sure your yes is worth the less. Make sure your yes is worth the less. Uh, I think as we become more confident in the ways God has gifted us, we can confidently embrace uh, what our limitations are uh, and become more aware of what we need to say no to. And I am fully aware of the danger <laughs> I am uh, in saying this this morning. Uh, I am running the risk of having 10 of you come up with, uh, to me after service and say that you need to resign from serving in kids. Um, please <laughs> don't do that this morning. <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, I hope that as you're praying about uh, your limitations and allowing God uh, and the people in your life to speak into uh, those things, you'll be able to live more fully into the things that you're able um, that you're able to give. And I think uh, as we uh, discern what our calling is, um, we uh, we're just able to say yes to important things and say no to other things. Uh, the final gift I want to focus on this morning uh, is the gift of God's faithfulness. In our text for today, Paul says, "But he said to me, my grace." is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh, as we are able to embrace our limitations and walk humbly in those limitations, we create space for God to be glorified and to show himself faithful in our limitations. In our weakness, uh, his power can be made perfect. In Paul's life, uh, as he's writing, uh, it's pretty clear that he has a good understanding uh, that God will show himself faithful. Uh, but with that understanding, I don't think Paul really could have foreseen um, that as he was embracing the thorn in his flesh, that one day uh, he would write much of our New Testament. Uh, and I think if Paul hadn't uh, allowed, um, hadn't kind of embraced his weakness and allowed God's power uh, to be made complete, if he had run around uh, boasting about his superior intellect and his ability and spirituality, God probably wouldn't have been able to, to use him in the ways that he ultimately used him to spread the good news uh, throughout the world, ultimately. Uh, he planted and pastored churches, and again, he wrote um, letters uh, to those churches that ultimately became much of our New Testament. And I think when we are able to be honest about our shortcomings, it makes space 
for God to show himself faithful in our situation. Uh, I think some of us uh, in the room have been carrying a burden uh, of trying to pretend like we don't have limitations. For whatever reason, we feel uh, the pressure to carry things ourselves. And if you're tired and you're worn out and you're facing burnout and you are experiencing some uh, depression and anxiety because you're trying to do everything yourself, um, I think uh, sometimes we're trying to do things that we were never designed to, to do. My prayer uh, today is that you'll be able to let go of the things that you uh, are trying to carry. Uh, that you'll let go of the things that you were never meant to carry in the first place. That you'll accept the gift of communing with Jesus, with identifying with him in our limitations. Following his example and embracing weakness in one, uh, in, in one way so that you can gain a different kind of strength the strength of living with a crucified Messiah. Uh, I'm hopeful that you'll be able to accept the gift of communion with others, uh, that you'll be able to humble yourself, uh, to make your needs known to others, allowing your co-laborers in Christ to meet uh, the needs that you have. Um, my hope is that you will let go and accept the gift of boundaries that you'll know when and how to say yes and no, so that with God and those around you, uh, you can discern what God is really calling you to, um, that you'll have a wiser yes. Uh, and finally, uh, that we can take this awareness of our own limitations and allow God uh, to show himself faithful in our weaknesses and uh, to rest in the fact that when we are facing weaknesses, when we're facing obstacles, uh, difficulties, limitations, his strength will be made perfect in your life. Would you stand and we'll pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, this morning for the gift of limitations. We thank you uh, for your faithfulness uh, to meet us in those limitations. Uh, we thank you that you are using us uh, to make your power perfect, uh, that as we embrace the things that we are not able to do, that when we let go uh, of our limitations of uh, trying to do it ourselves, of trying to uh, maintain a facade of, of looking like we've got it all together, uh, that when we get to that place, you uh, can show yourself faithful. You can meet our needs, uh, however that may look, whether it be through uh, others in, in the body of Christ, whether it be through uh, just wisely uh, taking things off our plate and knowing what uh, to put back on our plates. Father, I pray uh, for those of us who uh, consistently struggle with embracing our limitations, that uh, we would uh, be constantly reminded of your faithfulness, uh, of your presence in our lives uh, to, uh, to meet us in our weakness, to meet us in our limitation. Uh, and we thank you for your faithfulness. In your name we pray. Amen. Go today in the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ.